You're listening to a DM podcast. G'day to all the podlings out there in the world of podcasting. Welcome to Behind the Podcast. Whether you're listening, creating, in the industry, or just interested in what's going on in the biz, we have got you covered. Each week, we'll be bringing the hot takes from around the podcasting world and see what connections can be made from across the industry. Trends, business insights, tech innovations, reviews, and recommendations from the world of podcasting. From DM Podcasts, I'm Jules, and with me is Stocks. Mahalo, pod listeners. Let's all change the world by taking a little time to listen. In this week's episode, the Duchess of Grift returns. Brené Brown helps Vox reach their true potential. Alex Cooper tells us the secret to her success. YouTube versus the RSS feed. And humans chat AI. Welcome back to Behind the Podcast. I'm Stocks. How you going, Jules? I'm all right, mate. I'm all right. I'm uh, a little bit further away from you than the last time we met, but yeah, still good to see you. Excellent. And I might be able to pick up from my audio. I'm recording from home as well. So you may hear the occasional crank of a 20-year-old cat that's annoying the crap out of me right now. (laughs) I'm definitely getting some guest appearances on the video feed here, which I'm finding quite amusing. Yeah. I might actually just move him. Hold on one second. All right, Jules, well, why don't we jump into the news? The big stories over the past couple of years around Spotify and, and some of those you know, large names that they've got, mixed results, has led to them cancelling that whole program essentially and just opening up their feed. Now, one of the uh, people who have been, who haven't come out so well through that whole strategy was Megan Markle through her Archetypes podcast, which came out, they got paid millions and millions of dollars, came out with eight episodes, I think it was. Yeah. They were accused by a huge name within Spotify and, and the podcasting world of being absolute grifters off the back of a call that they had trying to work out what they wanted to do with their with their shows. So it's been a it's been a very interesting time for them, but they've been picked up by another studio. Yeah, so would you say that the poster people for the Spotify era of largesse in podcasting were really the Obamas and um, the Duke and Duchess of Windsor? Absolutely, absolutely. Now, I think that the Obamas have probably gone through pretty unscathed on this whole thing relative to the Duke and Duchess. I think they took most of the heat on this thing and the Obamas have been able to kind of slide through pretty nicely without receiving too much of the ire of the public. Yeah, the Obama skated through. They moved. They pivoted more towards TV, uh, made some movies with Netflix, uh, wrote some books, but were generally regarded as more people of substance, I guess, than the Windsors, and that's when yeah. you have a career of public service and civil service and elected office as opposed to one of, I guess, born into, at least in Harris' case, born into uh, royalty. Yeah, that's right. So what's going on? Well, they've been taken up by Lemonada Media, so... Lemonada Media, we um, you know we've covered a, a decent amount just by virtue of the shows that they've got and the popularity that they've had. I mean, they're they're a great organisation. Female first, yep, female led and focused. Uh, founded by Jessica Cordova Kramer and Stephanie Whittles Wash. What are some of their biggest shows, mate? Yeah, they've got JLD's Why Wiser Than Me, Julia Louis Dreyfus. Uh, which was one of the most listened to podcasts of last year. They've got uh, a show from Sarah Silverman, Jenna McCurdy, Ricky Lake. So they've got a really large amount of podcasts available through their network and, and quite a diverse lineup as well about the kind of topics that they're covering. So they do they do really good work. And, and in a few ways, this was quite surprising. I mean, they must feel like they've still got a, a decent amount of cachet. And cash. And cash, certainly. If they're doing they're going to receive the Archetypes podcast 
um, itself and a yet to be specified second show. So given the amount of difficulty that Spotify had with getting you know additional content out of them, Lemonada must feel pretty confident that they're going to be able to get something or they've got some pretty strong clauses in there. But yeah, we'll see what that format is. Yeah. And it's a Megan Markle podcast, not a Megan and Harry one. That's right. I believe it's yeah. just her. Yeah. Look, I mean, I think when it comes to content and media, there's no doubt she's very talented. And she's been very successful as well. So uh, just mm. going with Megan seems to be a wise move. Other podcasts Lemonada have include Choice Words with Samantha B, which I actually very mm-hmm. much enjoy. And they did the Sarah Silverman podcast was one they picked up during that whole Theo Von cast media yep. controversy that we touched on last year. Basically, none of the talent were being paid. So Lemonada is doing a good job of sort of picking up the the best bits, the, or the bits they want from a wreckage of some other podcast uh, businesses. Yeah, so definitely. well played. And be very interesting. The team is incredibly talented. So it'd be interesting to see how this show sounds compared to what the Spotify show was. Well, I think interestingly, Suits was one of the highest streamed shows on Netflix, kind of, you know. Over, yeah, the North American summer. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. So incredible stuff. So maybe the second show will be a kind of recap of Suits or the new the new <laughs> Suits show that they're commissioning. I don't know. <laughs> Bit of BTS. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like the office ladies, but the su- yes. ladies of Suits. <laughs> Fantastic. Now, a bit more movement of Spotify. Uh, Brenny Brown is leaving Spotify. Yeah, so, I mean, this I was quite surprised by, and I I think, you know, understanding that they're not doing these exclusives anymore or or this kind of thing. So, you know, the strategy's changed heavily at Spotify, and and maybe they didn't have the the money to kind of fund Brene because she's a huge name, right, Um, is so heavily followed. People are absolutely devoted to her. She's a research professor, New York Times bestseller. She's done it all. She does these these tours, and I used to work with a few people who were just devoted to her and went along to her shows and things like this, and it was kind of like, you know, a religious experience. And it's all about self-help to be kind of – reductive, I suppose, about the whole thing. But she had two shows, um, Unlocking Us and Dare to Lead, and they're both heading over to the Vox uh, Media Podcast Network. Big news, huh? Yeah. Don't want. I mean, I think the sort of comparison for people out there is it's, she's not a neuroscientist, but it's that Andrew Huberman cyberspace of self-improvement. His is very much more focused on the physical, biological side, mm-hmm. but it is very much in that space of how you want to be a better person in that knowledge space, which is so popular in podcasting. For sure. Um, and Vox is part in this whole thing. They're going to lead sales and marketing and distribution. So, you know, similar to what Spotify are now doing. Um, they're going to be doing this with Brene. She's going to be also doing a live recording on uh, Sunday, the 10th of March, if you're over there at South by Southwest on the uh, the Vox Media podcast stage that we mentioned a couple of weeks ago. So she's straight in there doing the good thing. Great. Now, staying on Spotify talent at least, Alex Cooper uh, did, recently did an interview about the success of Call Her Daddy. Yeah, I mean, look, she is absolutely one of the breakout stars um, that have come through podcasting recently. Call Her Daddy, we've covered uh, a little bit. Yeah, the New York Times article is titled The Daddy Will See You Now. Yes. So she's giving a bit of um, info about some of the secrets to her success, really, as she sees it. She basically says, you know, when they've got guests on the show, you know, these people come along and they've got their minders and they've got their publicists and they've got all these people who are basically employed to just interject when they think something might be getting a little bit too spicy or, or off message. Um, but she's managed to kind of work it in where they don't get to sit in the room with them. They're not able to kind of really pull their pull their stars up on anything. So 
in that regard, she feels like she's able to get a lot more interesting uh, insights from them. Yeah, I think this is the key, key for good podcasting and a podcast interview as opposed to something like a, a regular TV interview or the media interviews that we've seen. You saw it with the Tucker Carlson, Putin, two-hour monolith. Yep. But we get it a lot with podcasts where particularly with politicians, and we casually get it with music acts as well. The PR just comes and sits in the room. And when we had our old studio, as you'd remember, it was a bit of a small hot box yeah. with uh, limit, limited airflow. So you end up with five, six people crammed into this tiny room and you just sweat them out and, and they wouldn't do it again. It was hot ones before hot ones. Yeah, totally. Um, and, and people, I mean, these flax were just sitting there and they have to be quiet because you can't just have this random laugh in the background. And they'd usually not interrupt once. And then at the end, you'd indulge them and say, hey, look, we'll send you a cut. And if there's anything you want to pull out, let us know. Um, but it is very annoying. Um, one way we've got around this is we also have the ability for, um, we set up lounges and TVs outside the studio and we've got a control mm -hmm. room so they can sit in there and listen to everything, but they're not actually be in the room because it really does kill the vibe. The hosts definitely feel different knowing that there's a PR flack in there. Yeah. And it's not as direct a comfortable conversation which is the essence of podcasting i would imagine the talent as well if you've got someone who's sitting there is usually you know pulling you up on things you've probably just got them in the back of your mind as well so you're not yeah. quite saying what you want to say yeah good honor look she also wants to go out and produce uh live events and, and in her words she wants to produce live events that would make gen z want to get off their phones so that's a huge undertaking if i uh, understand anything about uh, gen z i think that's going to be you know, quite the cool. She's able to do it. So good luck to you. Yeah, look, uh, teenagers are spending 50 to 70% less time uh, outdoors congregating with people than uh, previous generations. So that's a big, big ask. Um, and I think one thing we've seen with some of our, we have a lot of stand-up comedians who um, work with us in podcasting and this Melbourne Comedy Festival is going to be a big test to see how the industry is going in terms of live. I mean, it's all sort of been glossed over or hidden by the Taylor Swift phenomenon. Mm -hmm. For example, this weekend in Sydney, there's apparently no hotel rooms free in the CBD, like zero availability, which is tourism New South Wales is a wet dream. Yeah. And it's actually their key metric on when they fund things is can this actually, you know, it's all about occupancy rates. So yeah. Everything seems like there's this incredible phenomenon. This is like the Beatles coming. And, and quite in the background, we've had a few of our comedians and podcasters going, look, we're a bit worried about this whole live show thing. So it's going to be very interesting to see what happens over the next month, really, when Melbourne Comedy Festival runs to see how mm. that goes and how many people get out and get around it. Because um, it could be it could be something that um, we might have seen the peak of these live events, really. Well, we'll see, yeah. And I think it's a middle class one that's the one in, in danger, not the massive ones. It's the middle class yeah. shows that uh, yeah, definitely. in more trouble. Just bring out some friendship bracelets and you should be right. Yeah. So YouTube obviously is just getting talked to about a lot more in relation to podcasting as just being yeah, the, the dominant podcast platform now. It's just been released as well that it's the, the most dominant streaming platform in, um, in America for watching actual TV as well. So it's really just ubiquitous at this stage but interestingly PodTrack, who do the podcast global industry ranking of top publishers and networks have started to include youtube uh views and channels and shows in this in their sort of metrics as well so when you look at these if you've got the global publishers and networks you generally see who they are how many monthly listens they're getting a little bit of other information but now they have two extra columns which is the amount of streams that there are through youtube plus how many different shows each of those publishers have on youtube 
So I was looking through those those lists. The global publishers and networks, and obviously this is heavily US focused primarily, despite it being called the global, this is something like the World Series kind of you know hitting us again. But the global publishers and networks, we've got Libsyn Advertised Cast coming in at one, Daily Wire Plus, uh, Sonora Global Media Corp, Paramount and Barstool. So there's only a couple names in there that I really recognize. Mm-hmm. But just sort of drilling down a little bit further when you go into the top podcasts, this might explain a bit why, because it's shows like The Daily through The New York Times, NPR News Now, Up First, Dateline NBC and Smartless. Gotcha. So these are all huge companies that have a tons tons of different sub companies within them. So it makes sense that they might be a little bit less easily recognizable straight off the bat there. Gotcha. But I did think it was interesting to see, you know, that they have embraced YouTube basically as a key metric that they need to be following now as well. Yeah, that's very good and very positive and it's in line with I guess what's starting to happen with YouTube. What we found is there are some teething problems or it's just it's going to take a while for YouTube to have its full convergence. What I mean by that is it's very easy for you now to take your RSS feed, which you have registered with, say, Spotify, with Apple, with Pocket Cast, whoever you use, Amazon Music, whoever you use to push your audio out to the world. Um, and you can set that up with your YouTube account. And so basically anytime you're publishing a podcast, it goes out to your YouTube account as well, just like mm-hmm. it goes out everywhere else. And that'll play the audio version of your podcast. So there's that side of it. And then on the other side is actually having a video that you're uploading that you're calling a podcast. So a lot of these podcasts look like the podcasts that are doing through the aforementioned RSS feed where you're uploading and off you go, and that is a podcast. And it may not be counting some of these video ones, which are calling themselves podcasts, have been calling them podcasts for years, but are actually just uploading video. Someone like, let's say, Alex Friedman or uh, Bobby Lee, people like that, yeah. who are pushing out their, their videos on YouTube. People sit around, they watch it, but it is a podcast, basically, or a live radio show. Those are two currently sitting as two different things. The other thing we've been encountering with that RSS feed upload of a podcast to YouTube is those views aren't coming back every listen. So you, you can see on YouTube, it's right there. It says, okay, well, podcast we've got called The Down Round had a thousand listens yeah. on their YouTube channel of the audio version, but that didn't show up on the hosting platform we use, Omni. And then the ads that get inserted at the Omni level aren't appearing on, on YouTube. On YouTube, or at least they're not getting credited back in Omni. So even if an ad's being served and baked into what goes onto YouTube, it's not being served up as an ad ad listen. So basically it doesn't exist because you don't get paid for it. So there's some teething problems right now with these yeah. systems not working. And uh, I mean, Downround is not a massive podcast, but to have a thousand listens on YouTube and not have it attributed back every week when they do two episodes a week is significant. Yeah, And it's revenue they're not getting, it's listens they're not getting, it's data that's not coming back. So that loop needs to be closed as well. It's quite interesting. Interesting from a technology point of view because the RSS feed is pretty rudimentary, right? And it's been there since the beginning of podcasting. Now, I used to do a lot of work with Gumtree in Australia and it was a similar sort of thing to an RSS feed. Essentially, you you upload an ad, right? And your ad's there at the top of the list for, you know, as long as it takes for someone else to come in and upload their next ad. And you could have yourself come out of, you know, the, the pole position within seconds based on how popular the kind of the items are that you're selling. Now, the reason that I think this is interesting is because they, their whole business model was based around this and, and giving you bump ups. So you'd pay for bump ups, you'd, you'd go back up to the top of the list, and then you'd start to filter down again. Now, then Facebook comes along and brings out Marketplace. 
And it's not done like that. It's completely done algorithmically. You know, it's not a recency feed. It's a it's based on the open graph that they have, your interests, what you've looked at. It's continuously taking um, information on you and serving you stuff that's relevant, right? And it just blew Gumtree out of the water. The rate with which people churned off that platform or just stopped using it and started using Facebook because they were having success there was was quite, you know, alarming at the time. So I just wonder if this is something that's going to be kind of coming down the track when you have companies like YouTube and, you know, even the ones who rely on the RSS feed a lot more like Spotify or, or Apple or what have you, will they start to look at ways to get rid of this feed? How do you kind of merge these two together? And as you said, make sure you're getting that attribution for all of the listens or views that you're getting. Is it a listen if it doesn't show up in Omni? Yeah. <laughs> it's interesting times. And I think it's just part of this convergence that's going on that YouTube's done this big fanfare. Hey, 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 here we are. We're getting podcasts. Here, come on board and do this. And it's like, okay, but how's this actually going to work? And how are we actually going to play nice? Yeah. And we've already seen ACAST come out and say, we're not playing nice. Um, yes. and we don't want to do yeah. that. So it's not as simple as YouTube going, we'll build it and they'll all come. Yeah. So we'll see how this goes over time. But yeah, I don't think you can uh, turn away from YouTube, but they need to sort this out. And I'm sure they will. No doubt. Big week for AI, tectonic week for AI. Absolutely. Yeah, with Sora um, from OpenAI. Probably just worth just having a chat about podcasting and how it relates to that. Yeah, I mean, it's a game changer. Agency that I was working at when AI started, you know, AI has been around for a long time, obviously, but it really just came into the public lexicon heavily with with generative AI and the advancements in that, particularly through OpenAI and ChatGPT. And then it just became, you know, how are we how are we doing this? How are we using this? And one of the kind of early instances we were able to use was Dali and, and programs like that where you could type in, you know, show, make me an image of an avocado chair, right? It would come forward with something that was pretty bloody good, to be honest, and, and things where you'd spend, you know, a ton of time with retouches and whatever doing this sort of stuff, you could get it done pretty quickly. So that, you know, that changed the game quite a bit. Now, the big one that everyone's been waiting for is, is text-to-video, and it looks like it's been absolutely cracked with Sora, as you said. I mean, it's fucking insane. <laughs> yeah, I feel like the world stopped for a few hours for me on Friday during the day. Yeah. And I just got in touch with anyone I knew who worked in uh, video. And it was just jaws on the floor. People was like, this is yeah. five years ahead. General consensus was this is five years ahead of where we thought it was. This is death of industries um, in certain cases as well. I mean, someone like a Weta or Pixar, people like that, a method, all these sort of special effects houses and after effects places would be, and animation places would be absolutely freaking out. Mm -hmm. um, if you were sort of a mid-tier animator in that space, you'd be quite worried. Yeah, so it's it's, it's incredible stuff and I'm employee to hop on. Um, I, I think hopping on Twitter is probably the best place to go look at this stuff and just look at what's happened with Sora. And based on that, I mean, it's really only a matter of time. If they can do that with video, what can happen with audio? It's gonna, yeah. It's going to become quite seamless. It's just a matter of getting enough data, I think, into there. Yeah, which they which they have. I mean, these things can scrape shows in milliseconds, right? Yeah. And they've got such large data sets to pull from. Now, you know, people always say, well, it, it won't have the kind of, you know, human eccentricities that humans are so known for, our little pauses, our little stutters, all this sort of stuff. Now, the rate with which they've been able to develop this, I don't think they're going to have any problem really replicating no, you know, no, our, no. our little errors. That's, it's, that's laughable. It's absolutely yeah. laughable. The big comparison is there was about a year ago, these Will Smith eating spaghetti videos came out. Mm-hmm. 
keep my spaghetti out your mouth. Yeah, exactly. And you look at the quality of those videos compared to um, what's happened with Sora. That that's all you need to know about how yeah. fast things are moving. I mean, it, it's terrifying for people who are in that sort of in certain spaces of these creative industries. But there's always going to be room for the conductor. And there's always mm-hmm. going to be room for the ideation. So that's always going to be there. Um, it's just a question of now working out how everything flows between those spaces. And it becomes also just understanding how to um, input things to get the outputs you want. So it, it's look, it's a different skill set. And um, yeah. a lot of people are sleeping on AI. And it took something this visual, I think, to, for the general population to understand how powerful this technology is. Yeah, absolutely. When the image one first came out, there were some that were a bit shaky and whatever, but the campaign that they've been on showing what this thing is capable of, I mean, it's definitely blowing minds for sure. I think, you know, also from a podcasting point of view, we were just talking about YouTube before and people wanting to have video that, that, you know, supports their, what would traditionally be just an audio um, format. You know, you can now have something created specifically customly for you um, if you don't want to have your face up there if you don't want to worry about studio mm. time you can just find really interesting ways to visualize your podcast absolutely and look i think if you wanted to turn a true crime podcast into a um into a video series mm-hmm. it's so easy these reenactments are so easy to do you just be able to feed in what happened sample the voices and just create a reenactment so you can basically create the reenactments. Think of something like a teacher's pet where you could just throw in these reenactments. The whole thing could be video. You know what the Dawson's look like and you could create um, an entire sort of documentary around this, a video documentary, which would be incredibly compelling. Mm. So I think it's very interesting in terms of what you can do with the content that you have um, and to turn it into video. So there's, a, there's an example, I guess, of where AI is at in Australia in the mainstream sort of radio podcast space. This is done by Brave Casting and they've launched a new AI daily news podcast. So it's being held as a world first and it's called Real News and it basically has Australian uh, hosts Michelle Laurie of True Crime fame and Simon Baggs. Get on the bag, Simon. Those two produced the Can We Be Real and Australian True Crime podcast, which most people will know about. Yeah. So what they've done is they've doing a daily news podcast that goes very early in the morning. And like someone like the Squiz who may not record in the morning anymore, I've heard. No. Um, these guys have gone, well, we're not getting up at 4 a.m. to record this podcast, but we want it live in the morning. So basically they are using AI versions of their voice to push the podcast out for our eyeballs in uh, first thing in the morning. When we're a little less discerning, maybe. Yeah. So go have a listen to that just to see where AI is at right now in terms of audio, but also just understand the Will Smith spaghetti to Sora. Once people turn their attention to this, it's going to change, as we've said. It's inevitable. So very interesting. So check out the uh, Real News podcast and just give it a listen. Unreal kind of a big week in the end i think it's been uh, sometimes these things drag along we think oh my god are we going to be able to fill up a show but there's been plenty of interesting stuff happening over the past week and a couple of days certainly let's get out of here jules good to see your face you'd see you too mate <laughs>